Welcome to space. What the fuck, dude? Space. Space. <laughs> How sick was that song, dude? Welcome to episode two of Space. What the fuck, dude? With myself, Zach McGovern, and my co-host slash life partner, Danny Palmer. <laughs> we are together and we're proud of it. Out and about. <laughs> Out and in each other's assholes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There's nothing wrong with that. So we're just getting started. This is episode two. Uh, we had 20 listens on episode one. And without even trying, dude. Without even trying. So I feel like if we try, we could get maybe 25, 26. <laughs> yeah, if we both publicize on all our social media channels, the views will likely drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just need to, every episode, I think that I'm going to publicly announce my suicide. And I think that'll get people to to yeah. They just want to hear that. We'll build. So we'll do like what, like eight episodes, and on the eighth one, you die at the end of it. It's just going to be the episode's going to be two seconds long. It's going to be an intro, and then a loud pop from a pistol, <laughs> and then me going, "Oh my god, <laughs> he was serious!" Oh my god, and then just click, and it'll be the most downloaded podcast in the history of time because everybody loves to hear suicide. Oh, man. people love finding out about people killing themselves. Like on Facebook Live, when people start to are like about to kill themselves. So many people tune in. There's like three people that are like, don't do it. And then there's like 9,000 that are like, kill yourself, loser. They really say that? Oh, yeah. Dude, like now. That's horrifyingly bad behavior. I mean, it's the internet. It's like disconnected. Like you probably wouldn't do that if someone was about to blow their brains out in front of you. But when it's on Facebook Live, fuck you. You feel disconnected from that experience. Disconnected from reality. So let me watch this ninth grader blow his brains out with his dad's pistol. Oh, boy. This is a a podcast about space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, some people anyway. feel some people feel disconnected from space and they don't put time or effort into thinking about it because it's disconnected from their reality. But guess what? It is our reality. Yeah, your, your reality is by definition your reality, no matter what it is. Even if you're insane, that's your reality. Right. So if you're schizophrenic and you're seeing people that aren't there and hearing voices in your head that aren't there, that's your reality. That's what you know. Oh. But that's disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> After we say insightful points, we'll make a sound going, mm. Yeah, we have to affirm each other. But but just because you're disconnected from reality doesn't mean that a separate objective reality doesn't exist. All right, let's discuss, pal. <laughs> dude, so what What are the big things in space right now, dude? The fucking, the alien, no, what was the big thing last week? I well, forget. first and foremost, <laughs> let me just say, I think we need to make it a tradition that when we're recording this podcast, we have to have a drink. Oh, yeah. Cheers to the... Do we fucking cheers our drink on cheers. the air, dude? I can't go any further. Oh, God. There we go. Cheers. There we go. I hope you guys heard that. We just cheers our beverage. It's 425 on a Saturday afternoon. Danny's incredibly hungover because he's running from his problems. I... <laughs> Not incredibly. ...am sober. I had to work this morning, so I didn't drink at all. And I feel better than Danny, honestly. He does. Another side note, Zach is right now... All the way inside me. <laughs> wow. It's not very far, though, guys. <laughs> it's a shallow tune. What? I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, what was the big thing? Oh, the fucking black hole, dude. We're a little late to the game here because this, this came out maybe a week and a half ago. Right. But, but it's, you know, eons in the making of figuring this out. Yeah, but we've been trying to figure out simple procedures with our fucking podcast. So we're so, talking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've had a hell of a time learning how to record. It really took four months to figure out how to do these two episodes that we've done. It's hard to do this shit, dude. It's hard, but I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of it was logistics, like finding times to meet up and actually yeah. getting the equipment. 
Clearing space out on your computer, getting all that kitty porn off. That took time because you wanted to keep it. I want to keep it. Like, I'm not going to compile it and then just discard it because we have to do some space podcast, dude. I know. It's true. I understand, dude. I mean, what's going to last longer? You know what I mean? Right. Look, that's that's authentic New York City soundtrack in the background. That's right. Do you think some people are wondering, are they actually in New York City? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess every city wondering. has sirens. I think... People are more wondering, why am I listening to this? <laughs> why am I listening? Why are these guys not in a soundproof studio? Have they They've apparently spared at some expense? I mean, I don't know what kind of podcast you're expecting, but this is very low-level uh, recording. Like, we don't... I mean, maybe one I, day we'll have a soundproof studio. Yeah. But, I mean, does Mark Marin? I don't know. He just does it in his, We don't need it, dude. He does it in his garage. I saw Ricky Ricky Velez, our friend, did a podcast. This dude just came over. He had two handheld walkie-talkie things, and he just, that was the pod. Like, I don't think you need sophisticated equipment to produce high-level quality. I mean, you don't. We bought, what, like a $300 podcast studio, and it's perfectly fine once it's, we figured it out after four months. Yeah, after, after four months of trying and failing to figure it out. Yeah. Um, uh, for the record, I don't watch child porn. That's disgusting and awful. Just to clarify that. I don't think that, you know, I didn't want that to, that joke to be floating out there, hanging in the air. You know that someone can cut Let's this. resolve that mystery right away. I definitely think that's disgusting. You know, by the miracle of technology, someone could easily cut together an audio clip of you just saying you like kitty oh. porn. It doesn't matter if you refute it moments later. That's what, that's all they do on Howard Stern. Yeah. They'll take a clip of Ronnie being like, I like meeting guys and meeting girls. They're like, you like meeting guys? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so what? So can you give me a summary of the black hole discovery? Like what? What is it? Like what did they see? What what happened? So basically, they thought it was impossible to photograph a black hole just because it is technically nothing. Like nothing goes in. I mean, anything that goes in doesn't come out. So like, if you're photographing something like that, how do you get the photograph? Right? It's just black, black. It's just blackness. Yeah, because you yeah. need to be able to photograph something that you know, I guess, bounces back at the lens or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the specifics of it. But basically, they compiled a ton of telescopes all all around the world, and they were able to actually get like a blurry image of what a black hole looks like, and it looks exactly like what you think it would look like. My asshole, your asshole. It's smaller than that, though. I, I had to do one asshole joke. I mean, I know it's easy. Yeah, this podcast is going to be mostly Danny subtly coming out to listeners. <laughs> There's a gay joke after gay joke after gay joke. That's all we got. Danny's currently. Uh, responding to me on the podcast while also not responding to the zero messages he has on Tinder. I am currently reading an article about a black hole to educate myself during the recording. Maybe we should have done this before the podcast, you <laughs> think? Let's do it during. In- Our listeners demand nothing but the best from us, which is just not doing anything hard. So if you're thinking about actual <laughs> podcasts, like, I mean, it, a podcast, black holes, it's just insane. It's it's nothing. It is, yeah, it is. The, the New York Times had a really... Uh, well, a graceful way to describe it. It is it's it is the essence of eternity and it is unknowable. But it's unknowable now. That's what I that's my frustration with articles right. like that. It's like you're say, you're saying it's unknowable, but you should say it's unknowable now cuz you don't know now. Just like we never thought we'd be able to get a photograph of a black hole, we did that. Uh, you're saying it's currently unknowable, not how, yeah, how say, are you how are you making the claim confidently that it's unknowable? Right. That take that's like a crazy level of balls to be like, no, it's unknowable. Yeah, no, you're, you're, it's unknowable because you don't know. Right. You know what I mean? You can't predict the future of what people may discover. That's a that's a cocky, arrogant, very arrogant assumption. Yeah, and I bet the scientists or the writer who 
wrote that article is a douchebag. <laughs> Zach and I hate all cosmologists. <laughs> Wait, that does bring me to a point that I, uh, a little quote that I, I found. It's kind of tied to this. So this guy is Michael Turner. He's a veteran cosmologist. Cosmolo- Dude, we got to meet some fucking cosmologists, bro. Cosmologists. They're smart as fuck. I mean, if we stick with this, we'll actually we'll be able to do that. Yeah. I think These guys aren't that hard. These guys and girls and girls aren't hard. Most of the guys aren't hard. Women. To reach. Yeah. We're not going to. We could email them easily and be like, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? And just lie about our numbers. Be like, we have 300,000 weekly downloads. Yeah, I think that they're, yeah, they're not. I don't think cosmologists are like. The hot commodity on the fucking PR booking circuit. No. Uh, I mean, you know. I mean, unless you're an astrophysicist, like, you know, unless you are Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, I feel like the second guy below him, the level, the difference in the levels of notoriety is just insane. Like, when you think about space, you think of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right. How he pulled that off, I have no idea. There's no number two. No. I mean, there is a number two, but we don't know. We him. don't know who it is. He's only known within that community. So he's and like everyone a, when he shows up is just like, do you know Neil? <laughs> he's like, dude. He's like, dude, stop asking me that. I don't know. I do know him. I do. I don't. <laughs> I never met him. He was rude to me at a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> he big dogged me about space. <laughs> they just went back and forth with space facts. Wow, cool party, man. All the women are just slinking away. I don't know, man. I feel like that'd be there'd be a lot of women interested in that. Yeah, I talked to this girl at Arena last night. I'm like, are you interested in space? Do you find it an interesting topic? And she said yes. I feel like everybody on the planet thinks space is interesting unless they're a moron. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say that. I was unless say, can I make the statement, I feel like if you take zero interest in space, you're a complete idiot. Yeah. Or you're very religious and you just don't want to look up because that makes you question things. Right. They're just like, oh, the wonder that God hath wrought. No, dude, it's just a bunch of shit that you don't understand. Does it make me a bad person that I literally judge people when they're like super religious like i have a boss now and he's i'm starting to find out that he's he's very clearly a very religious person like when we get stuff done in time he's like praise the lord Mm. i'm like no praise your fucking crew of guys who did the job yeah with the work ethic that they have to get the task done he's like oh it's a miracle i'm like what's a fucking miracle i know we put the signs up it's it's my parents do the same thing. I'm like, are we gonna do X Y Z? They're like, Lord willing. I'm like, no, there's no Lord to will it. It's just, are we gonna do it or not? It's crazy to me, man. I mean, I guess it just wasn't. You were brought up in that environment. I was not, and it's just like it's. I just don't understand that. I don't either, man. Well, they. Did, yeah, I I understand the basic instinct behind it. It's that good movie. It's that they want to feel a sense of control over the unknowable, so that they they can have security and purpose and meaning in their life. Lives. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that it's a sense of control necessarily. I think it's just that sense of like safety of like, so, yeah, there's a higher power that no matter what I do or what happens in my life, I'm taken care of. Right. Because and if, somebody- if you just don't have that, if you're just like what I do, there's, you know, action, reaction, action, consequence, what I do affects my next step or my next move in life. And there's nothing up there to, to have a fucking safety net. It's like working on the top floor of a, a giant high rise. On a construction site, and there's no safety net. Like, are you? How close are you going to get to that edge? You know what I mean? Right. If you know there's no safety net in your life, what? Maybe you pull back on some stuff. Ah. Decisions you make, things you pursue, stuff like that. You know. So you think that religious faith empowers them to make more risky decisions with like career moves? I mean, I don't want to say risky because I don't want to like give the connotation that it's like risky to your health or something. But just like, I feel like maybe, maybe subtly. It empowers them to do things that they don't think they can do themselves, but they think because they have the Lord 
you know, living through them or whatever, that they can do it with his info. I don't fucking Yeah, know. his power. No, it's. An, I mean, this isn't you know exactly I mean? on what you're saying, but it, I, don't know, I don't know this popped in my head. Like, when I went to college, I was, like, very shy and not... I mean, I was okay socially in high school, but I don't know. I, just, I was just, like, afraid to try to do stuff. Like, what do you and, mean, in general? Yeah, like, I didn't want to, like, stick my neck out or, like, join groups or be part of larger organizations. And so then I, I rushed and I, I joined a fraternity. I didn't want to, and this girl talked me into it. And then, but... The, the fraternity was my sense of security and stability and foundations so that I could yeah. take bigger risks. And I think, you know, religion is people's fraternity or sorority to some extent. And that this is this underlying structure and support system. You can go on Wednesdays and Sundays. Yep. We'll take care of you. And then once you feel the confidence that we endow you with, embody you with, then you can take bigger risks. Yeah, I completely agree. So it's a, so it's a healthy thing for uh, some sometimes. people. I mean, it's better than killing themselves. Is I it? think some people would kill themselves without religion or comedy or whatever. Whatever okay. thing you cling to. Well, we got a lot of people on this planet, man. Do they all need to be here? <laughs> You're advocating for suicidal Darwinism? I'm not advocating, but I'm saying if the only <laughs> thing holding you up from killing yourself is comedy or going to church every Sunday, like, dude, what right. is your existence? Well, you are the person walking slowly in front of me when I'm trying to catch the train. That's, that's those people. Right. Why so, are you here? In what my are you mind, doing? get the fuck out of here. Well, that's why I think this podcast is important, or this topic, no, the, po- the, po- the topic is important, because let's learn about what is around us and what is real and use that knowledge and insight to determine the direction and decisions of our lives Yeah, based on things that are real, not things that are like that people guessed okay, a so thousand years ago. Then a good question to pose is, does space have an effect on your decision making like religion does on religious people? I think so. Why? Yeah. I think it just shows me that the, we are just minuscule in the grand scheme of things we're minuscule, insignificant nothings, but to like in Ricky Gervais's Netflix, did you watch that? The, um, yeah. Yeah, like the point that he makes like yeah, you know, it's a 2-hour movie and it's going to end, but I'm going to have the best time I can during the 2-hour movie, so like enjoy it while you're here. So d- space reminds me that I'm nothing. I mean nothing, ultimately. A hundred years after you and I are dead, no one's ever going to be like, remember Danny Palmer and Zach McGovern from the late 2000s or whatever? Like, no. Yeah, and then the rabbit hole there is like, you know, famous people or people who have, like, you know, influenced society or, or great changes in life and, and things like that. Does it matter? No. It matters for us, but 10,000 years from now, the Earth's still going to be here, but, like, are we... No. Maybe. I mean, we probably will be. 10,000 years from now, that's oh, not Oh, that you mean long. humans? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, like yeah. one step in like the history of the planet. Speaking of, did you see that article where they found the a solar or a galaxy, I don't even know, the, a solar system out there in deep in space, and it was the progression, the stage of the life cycle of that solar system was what the earth is going to do when the, when the sun consumes the earth. And it's just like a sliver, like a quarter moon of a planet circling a sun because the sun has eaten that earth. And you can see physically today what our earth will with certainty be like, but yeah, but that's what 8 billion years from now. Yeah. But you can see it <laughs> like it's out there right now. But like, is this hypothetical that the sun is going to consume the earth? Oh, no, it's happening millions and millions of places and all across the galaxy. I mean, way more than that. It's an insane picture. Dude, I should put a link to that picture in the notes of the, this podcast. Yeah. It's an, have you seen it? I haven't. I'll send it to you. It's wild. It's <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, but that's 8 billion years off. 
Even if human beings are still around when that happens, we're not going to be human beings like we are now. They're going to evolve. I mean, look at the evolution that's taking place in the last, what, 10,000, 20,000 years? Yeah. To us, that's a long time. But to fucking interplanetary and, and like, you know, space standards, that's like a second. Right. Did you see uh, 60 Minutes this past week? They're talking about superbugs. We're all going to, there's going to be more people dying of superbugs in 2050 than cancer. Oh, like antibiotic resistance and shit? Yeah. So they did this, like, they had this, like, tray and they put E. coli into citrix. And then they made the the strength of the citrix stronger and stronger. So it was like a thousand times stronger than the E. coli in the center tray. And then after 12 days, the E. coli had taken over the entire tray of citrix. Wow. And bacteria or um, antibiotics are a human resource. It's not country by country. So if everybody's using antibiotics in India, that's using up the total capacity or amount of antibiotics we have that will be effective. So the shit that's going on over there is fucking us over here, and you can get that shit without a prescription over there. So sooner or later, the bugs are going to take us all over. Dude, all the people listening to this podcast, we're all, you guys are going to die of a super bug within 20 years. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the antibiotic resistance, because that's what a super bug is. Right. Like, we don't have... I mean, the first time I heard about that was like, uh, what they call it? Super gonorrhea? <laughs> Essentially, How like, many times have you had super gonorrhea? <laughs> I've never had super or regular gonorrhea. <laughs> what did Scott Jordan say that you... You've developed a sexual, bu- the super sex. Bu- <laughs> oh, like I have my own brand of sex- STD. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have the most potent sexual STD of all time. Oh God! <laughs> no, but like the so super gonorrhea started in Thailand, and then people would go there and get it by sleeping with hookers without condoms, and then they would bring it back, and then oh shit, I have gonorrhea. But they they would get treated for regular gonorrhea with the regular antibiotics and the shot, and it just wouldn't work. So then they would just have to, like, fucking dose the shit out of these people's systems with all the antibiotics they could, different kinds, and then finally it worked. Yeah, and then those days are going to be over soon. Yeah, and that's going to happen with every type of, like, E. coli, every type of virus, you know? Yeah. Or bacteria, everything. Everything. This American tourist went to India. He's a, I don't know, he's an idiot. He got caught between a train and destroyed his leg like hamburger meat. Got his leg amputated, picked up some superbug, <laughs> came back to the U.S. There's only one uh, antibacterial, or what do you call it, um, antibiotic that works. And it's from the 60s that nobody uses anymore because it destroys your nervous system. And they used that on him and it worked. But then, you know, then that's going to stop working too. The bugs are just going to eclipse our intelligence. Also, how do things at a microscopic level eclipse our intelligence? It, it blows my mind. What? I don't know. I don't understand it. They just evolve. They evolve that fast. That's what it is. They're evolving. Right. Because it, they are not the same structure on a cellular level or atomic level that they were when we could defend ourselves with antibiotics. Because antibiotics are built to deal with that cellular structure. So when that cellular structure changes, it can't do anything. Right. So and the, they do it, that. It's evolution. How the fuck is that happening? The age of antibiotics is almost over. And then now it's just a new frontier of like, um, you're probably just going to die. I don't know. You need antibiotics for everything. And it's not going to be, it's not going to work for anything. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, how far off is that? That's like 20 years off? Because it's happening now with super gonorrhea. I think it's already here a little bit, yeah. Super gonorrhea. Ay, ay, Strap up, gentlemen. Strap the fuck up. Um, anyway, so this, from 20 minutes ago, so the... This podcast is sponsored by Trojan. <laughs> of which Zach and I rarely use. Okay, Michael oh Turner. Boy. Oh, boy. 
Michael Turner is a veteran cosmologist at the University of Chicago, one of the best schools in the country. I applied there for social work school. No, I didn't. It's a good school. It's um, great, right? What? One of the best schools. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the best schools in the country. Um, and he is the organizer of a recent airing of the Hubble tensions. There's like tensions about the Hubble constant, how fast space is expanding. So, so they said so far, the smart money is still on cosmic confusion. And Turner said, indeed, all of this is going over all of our heads. We are confused and hoping that the confusion will lead to something good. That is the definition of intellectual humility. Smartest people in the world. No idea. That's the opposite of the other guy. That's the opposite of religious people. Yeah. Yeah. Of what other guy? Uh, he said it's unknowable. The guy that said it's unknowable, the black holes. Oh, uh, right, right, right. It's the opposite of him. That guy's arrogant. This person is... It's humble. Humble. They're like, we're, we don't know. Right. Like, the, the smartest minds in the world, after <laughs> Zach's boom filter just fell on him. Boom filter. What is that what it's called? The smartest people in the world have been working on this for hundreds of years, and they don't know. Also, what? Also, shout out to fucking Einstein. His theory about Still holds up. Relativity. Still holds up. They applied the theory of relativity, and it still works. They're like, that dude that died 100 years ago without any of the technologies or knowledge that we have available to us today, he figured it out back then. All he needed was his mind. What? All he needed was his mind. All he needed was his mind. Dude, also, his personal life. I read this article in uh, Psychology Today. Like, He married this woman who was his cousin. And then he fell in love with her daughter. Ooh. And then I think he fucked the daughter, and then he went back to the cousin. Whoa. How old was the daughter? I think she was like 22 or 23, because he wrote this letter, and he was like, you were the love of my life or something. And then he like actually, then he dumped her and went back to the original cousin. But cousin fucking is a very prevalent thing across the world. It's only recently that we've stopped fucking our cousins. I had Blood cousins? What? Blood cousins. <laughs> they said black cousins. I'm like, I don't think the race really matters. <laughs> Blood cousins, yeah. Blood cousins. Yeah. That's I had sex with my cousin an hour before you got here today. Oh, dude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Blood cousin, that's fucked. I know. That's fucked but up. But kissing cousins is a real thing. Yeah, that, you mean like sleeping with your cousins back in the day. Ew, dude. Dude, can I tell you, this girl, I forget this girl's name, but she used to live in New York, and she is my third cousin, and she is real hot. Hey, man. <laughs> and we hung out a couple times, and I was like, I think I said it to her, I was like, you know, you're really hot. She's like, Danny. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's true. I remember growing up, I had like a crush on my actual cousin. My dad kissed his cousin, dude. Yeah? Whoa. Yeah. Which cousin? What was his name? Ah, there we go. I told you, it's just gay joke after gay joke. Easy jokes Jesus. are our bread and butter because we don't have original ideas. Ew. No, my actual cousin. I I had a crush on my actual cousin when I probably from like fucking 13 to right now. Uh, 13 to... <laughs> <laughs> Your cousin is currently flying to New York City. Yeah. 13 to, I don't know, maybe 16. We would go to these family gatherings and I would just be like, Man, she's so hot. Was she really hot? She's very hot. Very attractive. And then she blew up. But what do you do? <laughs> if I blew up, you mean she gained an enormous amount of weight? <laughs> she got married, had kids. Woo, boy, she got big. <laughs> but that doesn't stop Zach from running a batch to her every night. <laughs> For doing what? <laughs> running a batch. Running a batch? You don't know that term? Is that jerking off? Yeah. 
That how, dude? You are so old. Running a batch is a young cool term. That is not a young cool term. Dude. You've never no. heard of running a batch? No, because I'm 12 years younger than I'm you. I'm gonna go run a batch. That's dude running. Listeners, come on. Is everybody know run, dude? All across America, 20 people are being like. We run batches. That nobody knows that term, dude. Nobody <laughs> under forty knows that term. That is untrue. There's no way anybody under forty knows the term "run a batch." Your intellectual humility just went right out the window because there's no possible way you could know that. Yet you are asserting it as though it were a fact. All right, I agree with that. So I would assume, for the most part, that people under forty don't know what "run a batch" is. <laughs> Well, now they do if they listen to this. I'm never. I know what it is, and I'm never going to say it. Do you mind if I run a batch? <laughs> Can we stop? Pause I thought you said run a bath. Run a batch. It sounds too much like run a bath. <laughs> like Zach's just running a bath to his cousin. I'm like, what? I, what I do is I run a bath, and then I get in the bath, and then I run a batch in the bath. Oh man, I wish you would take a razor in the bath. <laughs> I just may, dude. Should we get back to talking about space? Okay, how about this? How about Edwin Hubble discovered... He's the one that discovered that the universe is expanding. Dude, how much would it suck to be Edwin Hubble's brother? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Edwin. Oh, my God. Are you like Hubble of, like, Hubble telescope fame? He's like, no, I'm Jeff Hubble. (laughs) Jeff Hubble? I'm a used car salesman. That should be the name of this episode, (laughs) Jeff Hubble. (laughs) Okay, so Edwin Hubble discovered that the universe is expanding. Okay, so take a guess. What year he discovered that? 1927. 1929. Is that a completely random guess you just made? Completely random guess. You were two years off. That's a really good guess. Nice. <laughs> but, dude, think about 1929. What? Think about te- the way the state of technology. It was 1929 is when there was, like, the four what, the four points gang in New York. Like, the firemen were, like, gangs. Like, ni- yeah, 1929, the model, we had shit for technology. The Model T was still around. The Model T. And he figured out that the universe is expanding under those circumstances? How did he figure? What? Dude, we are morons. I mean, how did he figure it out? We are way less smart than people that have been dead for 100 years. That's a, something to think about. I don't think that just because they've been dead for 100 years, we should be smarter than them. Yeah, we but have more crazy. information accessible to us, but they buy. <coughs> they may still just be more intelligent than us. Right. But if Edwin Hubble had the knowledge today that we have, he would have discovered something even greater. You think so? Probably. You think if Edwin Hubble was around? So you're saying that he's that much better than all the scientists around now? No, I'm saying that he's step the, he's, it up, I'm dude. Sure he's in their league. Yeah, step it up, scientists of all different kinds. Edwin Hubble is still crushing the game, dude. Edwin Hubble is one of the preeminent cosmologists of all time. I don't know if he's a cosmologist. I mean, he's. I love that term, cosmologist. He made telescopes famous, dude. Yeah, he made them cool too. Before, <laughs> remember when, like, you know, I mean, Hubble. I feel like this was like probably. 50s and 60s when telescopes were like a big cool thing to get your kid. Yeah, I guess. You don't think so? <laughs> yeah, I when, guess. When like the space race and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen a lot of movies where kids want the telescope. <laughs> that's true, dude. That is a cultural thing. Yeah. Kids love telescopes in the 50s. I think that's true. <laughs> Jeff Hubble had one. Well, I mean, what, like when you were a kid back in the 50s, what, did you have a telescope? Um, my father was a child in the 50s, <laughs> and you can officially <laughs> suck my space dick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you call it a space dick? Because when I see it, it looks minuscule. Now that, if I'm going to rank the jokes from best to worst in the two episodes we've recorded, I'm putting that on the top of the worst list. Because you, Zach McGovern has just committed the worst joke yet. Because it's offensive towards you and your small wiener. Because it's incredibly easy. Yeah, as are all the other jokes. Zach, do you know what a mega 
parsec is? A mega parsec. I've heard about it, but I don't fucking remember. It is a distant unit of time. Oh, Wait. yeah. It is 3.26 million light years. A mega parsec. Yep. What and that's how they measure. A light year, I forget. <laughs> a light year is the amount of time it takes light to travel. Travel a year. That's right. A year. That's and right. uh, the speed of light is, I think, 186,000 miles per second. Okay. So think about that. that how the amount of time it takes light to travel in a year when it travels 186,000 miles per second. Good. Lord. 60 seconds in a minute. 24 hours in a day. thousand miles? In a second. How wide is the Earth? What is the uh, circumference of the Earth? Circumference of the Earth? I don't know. I think it's probably like 12,000 miles or something. What is the circumference of your dick, which is currently in my hand? <laughs> <laughs> I would say 12,000 miles. 12,000 miles circumference of Earth? Because it's 30,000 miles from New York to L.A. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, that's a smart way to look at it. And then you got the oceans, and you got Russia, you got China. What did you say, 12,000? At the equator, I said 12,000. 24,900 miles. Wow, I was so far you off. You were 50% off. Wow, 24,900 miles? Right. So, so if, the, if light goes, what do you say, 186,000 miles per second? Per second. So 186,024. It's going the Earth. equivalent of like eight Earths in a second? Eight Earths spread out. God. Laid out tip Lord. to tip. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. How the fuck does it do that? What? And then sound can only travel like, what, 780 miles an hour? I don't know. I think it's like seven or 800 miles per second. My bad, per second. Significantly slower, yet incredibly fast. So Yeah, because that's why that they had to retire. Uh, what the hell was that plane called? The Concorde? Oh, yeah. Because it, was, it, it would Super go Mach Sonic. 1. So it hit the sonic boom. So they could only do transatlantic flights. They would go New York to London because they, it would hit the sonic boom over the ocean. Because they did a test in the United States when they first came out with it back in the 70s. And when it hit the sonic boom, it was low enough over, I think, uh, I want to say Cleveland maybe. Wherever they tested over, the city people just reported like broken windows and like <laughs> Dude, old people's eardrums that. blew out. Can you guys not ruin our lives with your technology? Like, what? The, but we're going real fast, dude. We're going real fast. Yeah, but these business execs got a fucking meeting in fucking London, dude. So yeah, chill out. Yeah, they want to get there in two and a half hours, dude. Was it like hurting people's ears? Jesus. Dude, have you ever heard of Sonic Boom? You've never yes. seen like a fighter jet go by? I grew up in Florida, so the space shuttle, we would hear the booms frequently. Yeah, and like we went to Miami a couple years ago. I heard the boom a bunch when those jets would go by. Oh, yeah, dude. That was sick. You could Because you would see the jet and then... It would go by, and then the sound would come. The sound's like, wait for me, dude. I know. Oh, and have you seen the pictures of planes when they hit the... Yeah, there's that big, it looks like a parachute a behind them. Yeah. It's like a reverse... Par- or no, it looks like a parachute behind them. Yeah. When it hits the fucking... That's, that's a sound wave. This is what's insane to me, dude. Oh, that's a point that I forgot earlier. It's insane to me the, the things that happen on a microscopic level that determine our lives, that have no discernible intelligence driving them, yet make incredibly efficient decisions like the, the, the natural selection stuff. Like I read this great article about it recently and like the, there's this thing where like, okay, so if you, if a guy impregnates a woman, the woman is likely to send genes to the baby that will minimize the size of the fetus so that it doesn't kill her when it comes out of her vagina. The guy 
will send genes that are likely to maximize the size of the fetus because she might fuck another dude later. So he doesn't want to, like, he cares more about the baby than the woman. So he's going to maximize the size of the fetus. And if she dies in childbirth, tough shit. She's probably going to fuck another dude later anyways. Jesus Christ. But how do they what? know? How does that happen at a microscopic level? But I mean, tell me how they figure that out. That is the basic out. truth of it. What? But tell me how they figure that out. They just came to the conclusion that that's why that happened. Because over the course of time, you can, the, there are elements, I don't know, there are influences that determine the size of fetuses. And that's the, evolution is designed, life is designed to replicate life. Well, I know that, but I'm saying, like, how are they coming to the conclusion that this guy's genes are trying to tell the fetus to maximize size, n- not caring whether the mother lives or dies because it I know. knows that she's going to fuck another guy? It's so just, his it's genes just are just a the jealous probability. boyfriend? It's, don't, science doesn't know that she's going to fuck another guy, but, hey, man, you got to maximize. The goal of life is to replicate life. So both sides, both parties are doing that in their own way. Yeah. The woman's like, I'm keeping my pussy intact after this baby. The guy's like, I'm gonna, my, I might fuck some other chicks. <laughs> At a microscopic The guy's level. like, I want you to have my baby and then die. <laughs> Basically. That's crazy. Her sperm are asshole. Her sperm are, like, impolite. They're like, no, I don't really care about that. I mean, I understand that, you, you know, ideally you want the biggest, healthiest child possible because you want that child to survive. Right. But those days are gone. You have a puny little petite little wussy boy and he'll be fine. We're not in the fucking cave anymore. You know what I mean? We don't need to be the biggest, strongest one. Right. But it's going to take generations and decades for evolution to catch up to our decades. Fucking like thousands of years. Yeah. Thousands of years. Right. But in the meantime, we're so much of who we are is driven at such a base biological level. Like the reason that chicks want to fuck you more than me is because you have like symmetrical features that maximize the chances. Like odds are that you're better looking than me. Odds are that your children would be more fit and live yeah. longer than my kids. Thus, when we're at a bar, the girls are going to start with you. And then when you bore of them, tire of them, they might <laughs> a three minute conversation with me and then get an Uber. <laughs> Just to make On that note, we, well, the, the we got to go, dude. You well, know the reason that they say... <laughs> Where, you know, like physical attractiveness, what that, why women or men in turn find that attractive in the opposite sex or in the same sex? Because on a subconscious level, that implies your immune system is strong. Because when you were being uh, created in, in the womb and growing and becoming an actual person, you had genes that were strong enough and healthy enough to come together and create a perfectly symmetrical face. So that means that your immune system is strong. So then other people read that subliminally they see attractiveness but on some level they're like they have strong genes that could pass on to the next generation right back to my theme of of things at a microscopic and evolutionary level driving our everyday behavior yeah every person's everyday behavior all the time you can't fight it you can fight it but you ain't gonna win why do you think why do you think what's the porn the um barely legal why do you think that's such a predominant category of porn because women that are quote-unquote barely legal are at a ripe childbearing age. Well, I think that that category is so popular because uh, not legal is... That's your favorite. ...frowned upon. Right. Yeah. So... They're like, she's legal, but barely. Barely. She just <laughs> became legal. Dude, how fucking pervy is that if you, like, figure out a girl's 18th birthday and then you, like, buy her a drink at midnight and you're like, you're ready. 
Yeah, God, that's gross. That's creepy. All right. And on that note, dude, we haven't even—I don't even know how much time we've been recording. Is this? It, ha- it hasn't been an hour, but well, I feel like Danny's gonna have a lot of time to think about stuff while he's in prison. <laughs> no, I like. Okay. Um. Oh, I did that. I did that. Okay. What about the? Bo- oh, yeah. Did you know the? Uh, last. Last thing. This might be shorter than an hour, but that's fine. We can finish tomorrow. Cut this part out. Are we gonna? Okay. Why do we cut that part out? I think they want to hear everything. I'm saying we're cutting out the part where we're talking about what we're cutting out. <laughs> Why? I think people want to hear that. All right, fine. The we entire have to go Howard to a... Stern show is people talking about things behind the scenes that they think nobody cares about. That's well, the we entire to, show. We have to go to a comedy show right now, so yeah. we're going to finish this episode tomorrow. Or we might just call it. Yeah, no, we will. We will. Okay, so this this pre, this um, show that I went to at the uh, Hayden Planetarium. Uh, the... I went with you. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Why do you? You've forgotten this like 13 times. The show we went to together, they demonstrated that the... How do you forget that? I know exactly who I went with. I, I went just with remember you, the Julio was there. I went Phillip. with you. Philip was out. Benny. Philip was not there. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Philip met us. It was just you, me, Benny, and Julio. The movie in the planetarium? Yes. The one where we sat back in the seats and looked up? Yeah, Philip sat across the theater. No, he sat in the He didn't come with us. us. He was. He met us there. I tapped him on the shoulder during the show and said something to him. He came separately. He didn't meet Dude, us there. Why are you parsing that out? We didn't talk Philip to him until to we us. got into the planetarium. What? We didn't talk to him until we got into the planetarium. They came separately. That is so irrelevant to the fact that he was there. I'm just saying I remember and you don't remember. You barely remember that anybody was there. <laughs> I remember Philip more than you. Philip's our friend. He's a nice guy. All right, so... I barely on. know the guy. I don't give a shit about no, him. No, he's cool, man. Um, so... Based on that, so from that, from that reason, the Bible, so the amount of light, let's just say that you hold a telescope up to space, like one of those 50s kids. Your lens waits for light to hit it. So the lens, the light that hits your lens takes a certain amount of time. So if the universe was 3,000, 4,000 years old, however old the Bible contends, the, oh, we would have a, an amount of light visible to us up to 4,000 years, uh-huh. and then there would be no more light. But that's like a small fraction of the light available to us. Thus, because of the amount of light available in space, the Bible is wrong. And that is an irrefutable fact that oh, nobody wants shit. to think about. Yeah, But, you know, they, religious people have some dumbass answer for that. They have some fucking that. way around it. But it's not. It's, it's, that's what God wants. God created that. They're fucking trumping their way, their way out of it. They're just making up lies to serve their own purposes. I mean, I understand. It's just it comes from being scared. People are scared to face a truth that is not theirs. Right. If it's not your truth, then you believe something else, and that's scary. Yeah. If you believe something else that, other than the truth, and you wholeheartedly believe that, and you've based your life decisions on something that's not the truth, that's a scary thing to face. Right. You know what I mean? And they, they, don't, they can't deal with that uncertainty. Exactly. Like, you've had, what, 43 years now of... of 27. You know, well, I would, yeah, I would say probably 27 years of pursuing women. And at some point, you're going to have to face the fact that you like men. I like guys. And that's going to be tough to face. Yeah. We'll still be your friends, man. Just admit it. I like to kiss girls when my friends are around, but at night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, last thing before we pause here or end, whatever. Um, I just have a quick question for you. How does it feel to lose twice to me at pool three weeks ago and consistently at Jeopardy? First of all, I don't consistently lose to you at Jeopardy, and I don't care if yes, I lose to you at pool. No, I don't. You lose fair. I beat you more often than you beat me. Literally, we're like 60 40 on Jeopardy. So 60 Danny, 40 Zach. Yeah, which 60 is 60 Master's Degree, 40 GED. 
<laughs> 60 master's degree, 40 high school diploma. Oh, okay. 12 year difference. Danny bases so much of how he feels about himself that he has a master's degree. Dude, nobody cares. Society cares. Do they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I, don't, I don't press a button to make a lift go up for my job. You press a button to look for other jobs because you were afraid you're going to lose yours this week. My contract got renewed through December, you piece of shit. Wow. Keep those numbers up, pal. Keep funneling candidates to other people. How's your comedy career going, Danny? You're getting laid off from your day job? Cool. Nice, dude. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm man enough. And secure enough in myself to admit that you have one Jeopardy more than me. Thank you. Uh, not much more, but you have one more. And pool, you beat you me are twice. Good. You just don't read enough. You say what? You are you're smart. You just don't read enough. You don't read widely enough. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You may think whatever you want. Uh, Zach reads Tinder profiles. His main source of trivia knowledge is what women convey in their Tinder profiles. I mean, I read Tinder profiles because they <laughs> respond to me. <laughs> You don't get responses, so you don't want to know more about them because that hurts more. Dude, I have like nine bots that want to suck my dick tonight. Uh, nine bots that want to suck his dick and three girls that gave up a few years ago. If you're not going to get hard, I'm just going to go meet a restaurant guy. No, I mean, I, they gave up on themselves a few years uh, ago. I thought they gave up on so me. So they're okay with hanging out with you. <laughs> they're downshifting into fuck it. You know what we're going to do tonight, Danny? We're going to play a couple games of pool right after New York Comedy Club, right. and I'm going to stomp that ass. I will. Def- <laughs> That's very homoerotic, that description. Only because you think it is. <laughs> I think we should end this episode. This is pretty fucking good. Welcome All to right. Space What the Fuck, or thanks for listening to Space What the Fuck. Dude. Episode 2, Space What the Fuck, dude. What the what? fuck, dude? We might continue it tomorrow, or we might just put it in the cans or whatever. Dude, do you believe in life after love, dude? I quit. Oh, should I play that song again? Nah, fuck it. All right, peace, y'all. Thank you. Listen again soon. Where's the stop button? Yep.